Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a Live the Fuel show. And this evening, I get to bring back a repeat. And actually, the exciting part here is we're recording this in May, and this gentleman I just aired at the end of April. So I think we might be breaking the record as the fastest return for a repeat recording session with a guest co-host. So to refresh our newer listeners, this gentleman uh, was aired on episode 173, and we talked a lot about primal lifestyle. Uh, the, have you ever heard of the primal blueprint, the paleo lifestyle, paleo diet? Uh, we t- tickled a little bit into the keto world, but that's why I'm bringing him back today because we need to dig deeper into these key words we're seeing nowadays of keto, ketosis, what are your ketones, what's the difference between ketoacidosis, which is a bad word, but you name it, we're going to talk about it today because this gentleman is not just a doctor, but a doctor of oncology. So welcome back to the show, Brendan Prendergast. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. So did I, uh, did I intro you okay? I, I think we set the stage. <laughs> I think we did, yeah. So um, I guess if people want to know a little bit more, they, they can check out our last podcast, which... Uh, That's the beauty of it. Which I, I really enjoyed. Um, just done a couple of weeks ago, really. And um, uh, it, was, it was my first podcast. So, um, and now, now here we are back for my second. So yes, I'm, I'm glad and, to and be... I'll warn you, it could get deep. I mean, you might become um, obsessed and you might be going on like podcast now for the next like two years. <laughs> I think I'm already building an addiction. <laughs> well, and for our listeners, real quick, just so, because I know that this guy is very intelligent. He's going to get deep into this stuff. He's passionate about it. He and I, a quick refresh on the last episode, he and I talked a lot about, you know, obstacle course racing and like the OCR world. And we, we, get, we get along that way with the mud life and the Spartan life and you name it. We do a lot of different things here. And I actually, I want to quickly call out that you could follow him and his lovely wife, at ourhealthhabit.com. This significant other, this partnership, they talk a lot about the primal paleo world, and then we discussed a lot about the positives of it in relation to weight loss, body composition, energy levels, sleep, biomarkers, the whole cholesterol world, LDL versus HDL versus LDLC. I don't know, Doc. Are we going to overwhelm people? (laughs) No, and I think you you hit on all the high points right there. I mean, that's that's really um, kind of the nexus of of what the blog is all about. And um, I think today, you know, after we after we did the last um, recording, I said, wow, I think that went really well. But gosh, there's so many stones we left unturned. And as as you pointed out, you know, that's a that's that's a chronic problem with these you could you could talk for hours. But um, one thing I, I really told Scott, I wanted to come back on and, and get a little bit deeper into was this ketosis, which everyone has probably heard about. Um, anybody following um, health and fitness has probably heard something good or bad about ketones and ketosis. And um, as an oncologist, I wanted to give my perspective on uh, the potential benefits of uh, ketosis and um, both treating and uh, preventing cancer. So quick question on that. Just because I got us at the stage, I think we touched a little bit about last time, but why are so many doctors afraid to talk about this? Well, Aren't you risking yeah. your career? I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it well, seems like it's know, gotten that bad. So, so you're right. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of physicians, especially ones that are not into um, health and fitness and who, who really are just sort of um, operating on the knowledge that they acquired in medical school and or residency, they are naturally afraid of the word um, ketosis. 
because in our training, I mean, in my life, I will tell you, um, I did. I thought of ketosis as a bad thing until about oh, two or three years ago. Hmm. And I was even paleo, you know, primal paleo for, for six years, seven years now. Um, and the reason is because it all comes back to a condition which most of you have heard of called diabetic ketoacidosis. And that is a very dangerous and uh, potentially life-threatening condition. It's abbreviated DKA in the medical world. Um, and that is a condition that is almost exclusively seen in type 1 diabetics. So those are typically, in other words, that's, that's also known as juvenile or childhood diabetes. I'm not even sure if I spelled that right. Is it K-E-T-O-A-C-I-D-I-O or D-O-S-I-S? Is that? Yes. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. DKA. Versus, versus ketosis. Ketosis. And, um, you know, we can get into the, uh, into the weeds on medical terminology because, honestly, your first year of medical school is pretty much like a vocabulary class, like learning all the different <laughs> terms. But, you know, the devil's in the details. But um, ketoacidosis is – it's funny in medicine, a lot, of the, a lot of the words, if you know what the root of the word is, you know what the word is. So ketoacidosis is a state of metabolic – sorry about my computer. Uh, oh, no worries. I mean – um, it's a state of metabolic acidosis hmm. um, that is brought on by very high levels of ketones. But this, this metabolic condition can uh, almost exclusively only occurs in type 1 diabetics who have um, no insulin. You know, that's, and that's the pathophysiology of that disease is that they have – it's an autoimmune condition um, and the pancreas is attacked by – uh, the body's own immune system for an unknown reason at this point. And what ultimately happens is the pancreas is incapable of producing insulin. Hmm. Um, and so the blood sugar uh, will go very high and insulin cannot be, insulin is the compensatory response of the body to high levels of glucose. And so what happens in these individuals is their glucose level goes very high, but they cannot make any insulin. Um, and then uh, the body also produces ketones because even though there's all this glucose in the blood, none of it can be brought into the cell because that's actually what insulin does. It allows you to bring um, glucose into the cell. So does it act like a carrier? No, it acts, it acts as a trans, it, it actually helps uh, a transport molecule to bring um, okay. glucose across the cell membrane. Oh, so um, is it, all right, so tra okay, I'd love to translate. I've, 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 we've talked a lot with scientists and such, and, yeah, yeah. and your vernacular is amazing. So for the average everyday person, is it acting like, is, are, they on, are they on for a piggyback ride, or is it, is it kind of like, hey, I will adapt you like a metamorphosis to allow you to pass through? Um, well, no, there's actually, and I think now I'm getting into an area where I, I'd probably have to bone up on my cellular physiology. <laughs> you know, this is like first, second year medical school, school stuff. It's okay. We don't um, have to go too deep. Yeah, but, you know, the bottom line is I think what's important, it, it, you know, there's a transport molecule that's inserted into the cell membrane. But I think the important thing for the listeners to know is that if you don't have uh, type 1 diabetes, um, you're, you're, the chances of you going into diabetes, well, you first of all, could not go into diabetic ketoacidosis, uh, but the chances of you developing ketoacidosis is uh, very low. It's not impossible. Um, so, you know, there is some caution to be advised when you are going into ketosis, but it would require um, basically a ketone level above 
uh, probably above five or seven millimolar. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, but anyhow, that's um, a very high ketone level. And the other really important thing to know is, you know, if you don't have type one diabetes, then your body is capable of, um, of producing that insulin to get whatever glucose is available into the cell. Okay. So that, that, that condition is unlikely to occur. So let's pause. So I do not have type 1 diabetes. My father does, or he did create or attain, <laughs> in a bad way, type 2 diabetes probably right. close to 8 to 10 years ago. And we've improved it, but he still doesn't completely listen to everything that I say. <laughs> so, uh, but, so you're saying, okay, ketoacidosis, the bad keto. Really, you pretty much have to have a, almost a direct tie to a type 1 relationship. Is that what I'm hearing? Almost, almost always. I've, almost I've, always. Never, I've never seen it um, or more or less heard of it in a, even in a type 2 diabetic. It is possible. It's um, interesting because uh, a connection for you is Vin, Vinny Tortorich. We've talked a lot about him. I'm on his – we're promoting his, his Truth About Fat documentary here. And so he brought up a great story on one of his podcasts. I'd like to get your feedback on where – on this exact subject, I think he had uh, given some fitness tips to his, his nephew back in Louisiana. And his nephew was dating a nurse. So as soon as she heard that he was trying to get his, his body into a state of ketosis, she freaks out. And she's like, your uncle's trying to kill you. Uh, that is the worst place you can be, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I think it's really important that we're trying to help people really understand there is a clear difference here. So I'm very excited about this conversation today. I just, but I, I want to make sure you heard some of that backstory because maybe other people are hearing that type of reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Um, and, and as we'll talk about, you know, uh, in the next you know hour here with you, ketosis is not a, in, in and of itself a harmful state. Ketoacidosis is... And I guess the point your listeners need to know is that um, it's hard, if not impossible, uh, to get yourself into ketoacidosis without, like I said, really going on a very prolonged fast um, or uh, getting, uh, getting your ketone levels to a very high level. It would be, it would be almost impossible. Okay. So you know, su suffice it to say, um, ketosis is a... In fact, I believe it's a natural state of the human body. It's not a, it's not a um, pathological condition. In fact, it is a uh, evolutionarily probably developed as a beneficial condition for the human being to enter into during times of scarcity. So um, we when tie you look it back at, to that primal type of thing here, the paleo. Yeah, thing. Absolutely, but when you when you look at when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, what what are ketones? Well, um, ketosis is the definition of ketosis is the state of having ketone bodies in your blood. So what are the ketone bodies? Well, there there are three of them. Um, the most commonly one that you most commonly talked about one is beta hydroxybutyrate abbreviated BHB. Most people would, would abbreviate it BHB. BHB, okay. Um, and then there's acetoacetate. And acetoacetate and beta-hydroxybutyrate are really the two main ketone bodies. And the third one is acetone. Is there any abbreviations for those other two besides BHB? Or uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know of an abbreviation that I've, I haven't seen anyone throwing abbreviations around. <laughs> um, but the, the important one, um, again, is beta-hydroxybutyrate because that's the one that can be measured easily in the blood. And um, I've got with me here, um, my uh, for the YouTube viewers here, I've got my um, Precision Extra device. And I'll, I'm going to... Oh, that's the one that was on your blog, right? Yeah. And yeah. I figured, you know, while we're here, I'll, um, 
at some point during the interview here, I'll, I'll show you how that's done too. Which, which article uh, was that? Cause I'm going to do a screen share real quick to show off your site a little bit. Okay. You and the wife and which blog was that one again? Cause I think we, we, I think we tagged that in the last podcast episode on 173, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's we see. Well, um, sorry about that. I did a post series on a, um, what's called the seven day carb test. So I was talking about, um, I haven't done a post yet as of this recording on ketosis, um, but one is in the works. So maybe by the time this one airs, it will be up. But you can see in that picture there, that's a little- uh, Yeah, that, I'm that's a, it up a, now. Yeah, sure. Um, that's called a glucometer. And some of these devices like that, that's my glucometer, it just measures uh, blood glucose. Um, the one here, that I'll show you. This is called the. Uh, now oh, this is different. So let me stop yeah. sharing, so that way that image comes up bigger sure. for the video watchers on YouTube. There we this go. This one here is, is is made by Abbott Laboratories, and it's called the Precision Extra. It actually does both glucose and ketones. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's you know because a diabetic, remember a type one or, or type two diabetic, if uh, if their blood sugar goes very high, when we're talking into like the three four hundred range. Okay, you, you, if you ever check your glucose, you know, you and I are probably never cracking a 200. Admittedly, um, I've, here's the funny thing. I've, exper I've been experimenting with ketosis and I've been doing fasting. I've been doing, we, you know, I talked about this last time. I've been doing fasting. Oh, God, I found it in 2010. But I, I do it with a specific, specific protocol for called nutritional cleansing. Either way, I'm, I'm taking my body and putting it into an extended fasted state from coming out of sleep and extending that. I mean, admittedly, I did it today. I didn't eat until, oh, God, I think one thirty, two o'clock. So uh -huh. plenty of energy all day. I mean, I'm good. So, uh, But I've never used all these little devices that you're using. And I, everybody's yeah. like, well, how can you be experimenting with ketosis and say that you're a keto guy and you've never even used a keto stick? And I was like, I, I just know. I don't well, – how would you answer that? Well, um, that, that's a good question, and I, and I think let's get into that because I, I I'm kind of um, again I when it comes to why haven't you how can you say and in a way honestly it doesn't matter I mean <laughs> does it really matter um, that you know exactly what your ketone is no, it probably doesn't as long as you're feeling excellent your your biomarkers look good you know why why should you care well. I do just because I'm a, I'm a scientific guy and I, I kind of just want to see the number to go with it. I, like oh, I, I understand why you're doing it. It totally yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't think you need to do it, but um, you, I think you would find it um, interesting. And, and the reason is because, and I hear a lot of people say, Oh, I'm on the keto diet yep. um, or, you know, I'm in ketosis. And I always kind of say, really, are you, are you, are you sure? <laughs> um, because as somebody who's sort of messed around with it um, and then of course using this meter, Getting into ketosis is, is not easy. Um, so there, there, uh, there are a couple ways you can get into ketosis. Uh, the first is to, to not eat, okay, to fast. Um, and, and really, we're talking about, um, you know, water-only fast. Honestly, if, even, if you, if, even if you cheated, and like you mentioned before, you like to do like shots of olive oil. Yeah. Um, you could do that, and you would still enter into ketosis because really, what ketosis is is a state your body switches into. It's an alternative fuel source for your brain and your muscle when there is no glucose available. Okay. And that's what I'm earlier I had mentioned. You know, in sort of an evolutionary adaptation, you can imagine our you know caveman ancestor. You know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, um, when in times of plenty, I think they did. They were omnivores. They ate um, if they were 
animals available, they would hunt. If there was fruit and berries available, they would forage. But surely, um, especially as we migrated further away from the equator and there was winter, um, you would go days, if not longer, many, multiple days on end without any real food source. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we were completely reliant on glucose, which some doctors think we are, you know, they think, oh, the brain needs glucose. And when you, get, when you don't eat, you get lightheaded and you pass out. Well, um, that's, I guess, possible for some individuals. But that's, I think that's a condition of, um, I think that's a metabolic derangement. The, the healthy condition would be a person whose body is able to, when there is a shortage of glucose, switch over and start burning fat for fuel. And we call that being fat adapted. Yep. And ultimately what, you know, fat does not go into your brain. It doesn't percolate through the blood, the blood brain barrier. Um, but what does are the ketone bodies. And so that's what we're, that's really what's fueling our brain um, in a time of starvation. Um, or in, in modern days, in a intentional uh, fasted state. Oh, I've been, um, tr- I've been trying to stay away from this argument because a good friend of mine owns one of the CrossFit gyms I train at. I used to coach with him. Mm-hmm. And his now fiance, love her. We party together. Uh, my fiance and I are their friends. We're, we're, uh, we're getting her, his, his fiance into mountain biking, so we're going to be biking more. Very intelligent woman. She's a scientist, research scientist for one of the f- big pharmaceutical companies. So every time I promote Vinny's little trademark of no sugar, no grains, the NSNG lifestyle, every once in a while, you'll see her make a little comment on social media like the body needs glucose. There's no way you can live your lifestyle. I was like, because I, I mean, I bragged the fact that other than red wine, I have not consumed or eaten fruit in over a year just to yeah. prove my point. So. Well, I, I, I mean, mean, well, I'm actually again, consuming fruit. I'm eating, I'm consuming fatty fruit like avocado oil, yeah, olive oil, fatty fruits. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you know, I, I, obviously that that individual is is misguided in the sense that it, you know it, there's a group of people, you know, the Inuit in Alaska who have been thriving there for for many many years on fat. Um, and I got a, I got news for her. You know, there there isn't any fruit growing in Alaska. So these people, um, they they survive and thrive on on basically a ketogenic diet. To be quite honest, because in fact, um, not only is there not fruit, but there really isn't any vegetables either. Um, no, they're, they 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 fish. It's, it's a tundra. So yeah. they eat whale or you know they seal meat, fish. Yeah. It's all it's basically protein and fat. Um, and a lot of fat. And so they, they're, they are an, a naturally occurring um, group of people who, who in, 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 you know, again, now in the modern world, I'm sure they're eating Doritos and soda. <laughs> but unfortunately, but, um, we've influenced them. And now, yeah, now, we're, now we're justifying the logistical cost to ship all that stuff up there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know, those people are eating a ketogenic diet. So, again, we mentioned earlier, how do you get into ketosis? Well, one way is um, you fast. Um, another way is to eat what's called a ketogenic diet. And um, what is a ketogenic diet? Well, it is a very, you know, by anybody's standards, it's a very high fat diet. Okay. Because um, again, you ha- it has to be extremely carb restricted. It has to be high in fat and really, fr- quite frankly, relatively low in protein. And so for a lot of us paleo oh, types, yeah. And so that's something that, you know, maybe would, that's why I say for you, it, it probably would be interesting to check your ketones. Because even though you may say, oh, I'm, I'm eating ketogenic. Um, I got news for you. If you're eating any decent amount of protein, 
you're not going to be in ketosis. Hmm. Because- See, I've, I haven't had this chat with Vinny yet. I'm mm-hmm. loving this now because yeah. I will admit it. I it was mother. Uh, we're recording this, ladies and gentlemen, the day after Mother's Day, and I like keep it real. I don't care if I timestamp it because we're a busy show, and yeah. I. I made dinner for everybody. Uh, my future mother-in-law and father-in-law came over, and uh, I grilled some beautiful grass-fed New York strip steaks, some chicken. Um, we made a what did she make? A cauliflower. It looks like rice, but it's cauliflower with Parmesan yeah, cheese yeah. and butternut squash in it. It was awesome. Obviously, the more cheese you add, the better it tastes. <laughs> and because um, cauliflower is not that exciting, but anyway, like I usually sit down and I have like two steaks at a meal. So, yeah. so yeah, grated, I've got fats and proteins, and New York Strip does have good fat on it, right? It's good sure. marbling. Mm-hmm. But to, be, to your point, I might be overdoing the protein. Well, it, it depends what you mean by overdoing. But if you're, if you're saying in terms of being in ketosis, I guarantee you, you're not at that rate. Okay. Um, the, the typical macronutrient profile for a real ketogenic diet is going to be something on the order of 85% fat, 80 to 85% fat. 10 to 15% uh, protein, and only about 0 to 5% carbohydrate. Um, so we're talking very, very low carbohydrate, usually less than 20 or 30 grams of carbs in a day. That's pretty wild. I mean, yeah, I don't... Yeah. So, and, and so you good. Are, You're reinforcing my carb factor. Like, I don't think we need a lot of carbs. Because, like, we, we were just down at UPenn in Philadelphia this weekend for my fiance's uh, reunion, 10-year reunion. And... Um, you know, people introduce it and they see what I'm eating, you know, when they're bringing around the hors d'oeuvres and stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, Scott doesn't eat carbs. And I was like, babe, I eat carbs. They're just vegetable sourced carbs. And right. I don't need that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. And so here I am doing a, a podcast on um, ketones and ketosis and the possible benefits of it. Um, but uh, let me get this part out of the way. I'm I'm not a huge uh, ketogenic diet advocate. Um, I think it has its benefits and, uh, I, I, I personally experiment, experimenting with it. Um, I think it has a role certainly in some disease processes. And if I had one of those, uh, disease processes, which we'll get to in a little bit, I would give it a little more thought, but the main thing about it is it is really hard to maintain a ketogenic diet. Um, because of that macronutrient profile, it's um, it doesn't lend itself to a pretty you know typical diet. You you basically have to have a lot of um, a lot of nuts, oils, um, and and just sources of fat with minimal protein. So you've got to limit your protein level to uh, a level that I frankly is is difficult for me to maintain. I wish I had him um, in here. I have the highest fat content nut with low protein that I've ever gotten. Those, I think I told you about them, those pili nuts from the Philippines. Okay. They're grown yeah. in volcanic soil. They're like super high in rich magnesium because of the soil from the Philippines. But they're called – his website is Eat Pili Nuts. I promote them all the time. I buy his nuts all the time. So, But they're a great, great nut for you to check. Well, it's on my website. You don't worry about writing it down. You just go to my website you and there's check a, it out. Yeah, I have my own discount code for our listeners. So quick listeners, if you go to lithiefield.com like he's going to do, and this is not an ad. I don't get paid for this. <laughs> um, but when you go to supportive brands, you'll see the logo for Eat Pilly Nuts, and it says FUEL, F-U-E-L. Use that discount code, and you get 10% off. So that's how, much we, that's how much we love the nuts. He hooked us up with a discount. So that um, being said. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, 
Um, we, we've kind of talked a little bit about you know the, the ketogenic diet, but uh, you know suffice it to say, it is it is a um, I find it to be a pretty challenging diet. But you know um, if you had a condition that could be um, reversed or managed, you know for instance the the the, the most um, studied condition where a ketogenic diet is beneficial is epilepsy, especially childhood epilepsy. And so, you know, if I, if I were facing that type of diagnosis, I think, you know, the challenge of eating a high fat diet would, you'd find a way around it. It's better than being on six different anti-epileptics, you know? Right. Um, but th there's now a third way. So, you, you know, un until about a year ago, um, and I've been following it kind of this whole time and, and seeing the evolution, um, you know, the only way to get into ketosis would be either be fasting or eat this very difficult to maintain ketogenic diet. Hmm. And now there's a third way, and these are called ketone supplements uh, or exogenous ketones. I know I've been back and forth on this. I know Vinny's not a big fan of it either, but it's interesting. So yeah, touchy I mean, subject. Yeah, so it, it, I, I don't know um, if there's enough data out there for anyone to um, – to really make a credible argument for or against, uh, you know, the exogenous ketones, um, to, to the best of our knowledge, they are the same exact molecules as you would generate naturally in your own body by fasting or eating that diet. Um, and so the beauty of um, exogenous ketones is you can achieve a level of what we would consider therapeutic ketosis in five minutes rather than, you know, three days. Well, uh -huh. I think the key words that you just mentioned was therapeutic ketosis, right? Mm -hmm. So this is mm -hmm. for select situations. Uh, potentially. So um, let me just say one more thing about these before we move on to oh, what, yeah. what therapeutic ketosis would be. Um, you know, there are two types of uh, exogenous ketones. You can get the salt or the ester. And uh, the esters are are very new and from, to my understanding they're very expensive and I'm not sure you can just buy them on the internet. Ketone salts on the other hand you can um, and I have and I've tried them um, but the, I guess any, any ketone product these exogenous ones they, they taste awful. So when, and, you, when you say salts is it in like, like I know for example um, Vinny's Vinny uh, just, just went and visited these salt mines in Utah so he's going to be using this ancient salt from their mines. Uh, it's basically a competitor to just the classic pink Himalayan sea salt, mm -hmm. only it's in Utah. And just as beautiful, pure, amazing. And anyways, the point is, is that well, the body these are does salts. require salt. This yeah, is not the normal well, salt, right? Salt is, a, is a referring to a, you know, because a ketone could not be, you can't just ingest a ketone. It has to be formed into a salt or an oh. ester. That's more of a biochemical terminology. Okay, so this is, being, um, this has, this is a manufactured thing then. There's no way yes, to create a supplement yes. without manufacturing it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, well, you know, we at least beta-hydroxybutyrate. Now, you know, we mentioned BHB. the three, yeah, the BHB, and we mentioned one of them is acetone. I would highly advise against anyone ever consuming that. That's the same thing that's in, like, nail polish remover. So, oh, lovely. Uh, but, yeah, and your body makes that naturally. So even more lovely. Um, yeah, yeah, and so interestingly, if you've ever heard of someone talk about keto breath or ketosis breath, yes, um, yes, so know, everybody's like, "Oh, do you have the smelly yeah. breath?" And I'm like, "What are you talking yeah. about?" That's acetone. That's the acetone is cleared in your uh, in your breath. Okay. Um, interesting. So yeah, kind of interesting there. Um, but so anyhow, just if anybody's interested, they, they are ketone salts are available. I bought one on Amazon like about a year ago and played around with it. Um, you know, I took my ketone level before and after taking it and, you know, they work, they, they do bump you up a little bit. 
Um, I thought the thing tasted awful um, <laughs> because the, the product itself, I think, in its native state is so unpalatable that they they jazz it up with all kinds of uh, artificial uh, sweeteners. See, and that's, you know, course, that's why I would never take it. I live no right. sugar, well, they're, so no. You know, they're, they're calorie-free. You know, it's like the, uh, the stevia kind of stuff, but it's so... It's the wrong incredible. marketing. Oh, it's, ca- it's zero calories. I'm like... The calorie yeah. isn't the problem. It's a, I know half the people out there don't know what calorie is. It's a unit of heat measurement. <laughs> so I tell people, like, what is the quality of your calories? Then, I mean, more importantly, the sugar should come first before you even look at the calories. In my, in my experience, that's just me. You're the doc. Right. I'll let right. you take your position on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll leave it at this. I'm not a big fan of artificial sweeteners either. No. So for, for a variety of reasons. But anyhow, uh, they are non-caloric. Um, but at the same time, I think they have their own sets of problems. But anyhow, so those ketone salts are out there. I think the ketone esters are available now um, if somebody was really interested in it. And those apparently um, will really get the ketone level flared up very hmm. quickly. Um, but uh, I haven't tried those. So. So um, if people are, cause I get people message me once in a while because I post so much stuff about meat and fat and, and I do hashtag some stuff on keto and Instagram. Like once in a while, somebody messaged me like, Oh, so have you started taking those supplements yet? So if somebody's out there and they got cash to burn, cause let's be real, you're spending money instead of spending money on food and a healthy natural lifestyle, you're starting to invest in supplements. Like, what do you tell somebody like that? You don't have to take a professional position. I'm just wondering casually, like, Hey guys, you might want to do more research or mm-hmm. I don't know what we got as far as those ketone supplements. You mean, yeah, yeah. well, I, I would, I would say those are for somebody who is, um, who's already tried, uh, the ketogenic diet and may like the way, um, they feel on the ketogenic diet, but find that, um, that, that adhering to that diet is very difficult. Okay. That's sort of like a, a shortcut. Um, you mentioned one of your your colleagues or whatever wasn't a um, a big fan of it, and I think there is some there's some the, the theory against using exogenous ketones would be this that a lot of the benefits of ketosis comes from getting into ketosis, and if you take that shortcut and just you know ingest them, perhaps you are missing out on some of the benefits of the process. Um, again, I think that's the the sort of underpinning but i don't i don't have any data to back that up well to your point the benefits of the process the key word here is the process what process are you talking about in my experience what we're talking about here is actually teaching and training your body and your lifestyle to do this naturally so basically this this Mm -hmm. this hack as people like to call it right i'm hacking my state of ketosis i can get in and out whenever i want but then this also goes back to excessive unnatural supplementation. I do support supplements, the right vitamins and minerals where your food is lacking. I, that's my personal opinion. I, our food is lacking, all right? But don't touch these crazy supplements out there. If your body naturally does it, and then you start training it to always depend on that ketone supplement, are you not possibly training your body to not worry about making its own anymore? I don't know. I'm not a laboratory scientist. I'm just saying... I would think that the human body is pretty intelligent and yeah. you're teaching it that you're just going to keep forcing it in and out with these supplements. Your body's going to be like, sweet, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid a valid concern as okay. well. So, I mean, again, I, I mentioned it, um, but I'm also not a big a big uh, proponent of the uh, the ketone supplements. But I think it's, it's important to know that they exist. 
um, and that, you know, some research is being done with them. Because again, when we're talking about the benefits of ketosis for cancer patients and for uh, Alzheimer's patients and, and epileptics, it, you know, when you're competing against a, a drug industry, you know, where they say, well, we could give them this pill or this infusion and, and, and solve that problem. Um, that's, that's great. But when you tell them, oh, well, we, we've got a, a, a remedy that could potentially solve this. And you say, well, how do you do it? Well, you say you have to eat 90% of your calories from fat and you can't eat any carb. You know, nobody can adhere to this diet, or at least it, they well, find it very as challenging. As you just explained to me, so, yeah. I'm, apparently I'm definitely not adhering as well as I thought I was, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that goes back to actually Vinny, Vinny's done a good job. He's done his research because he's a cancer survivor. And he's made a point that, listen, he's like, these people who want to do protein shakes, he's anti-protein shake. So, and, I, and he's like, listen, get it from whole food. And he's like, especially if you're trying to get to this state of ketosis and that lifestyle, he's like, you're ODing on something that if you, you – to your point, you just gave to me, like I'm ODing when I eat a couple of steaks. If I'm trying to stay in a state of ketosis, I'm actually doing too much protein than fat. So it's a very interesting conundrum for a lot of people because they're, they're trying to make it work, but they don't know which way to go. And that's why I think a lot of this needs to get out there. People don't understand this. I am still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's uh, that, that's an important thing. And that was a, kind of a sticking point for me initially was the uh, the protein level. Um, but you know when we when we talk about ketosis, so I think one of the important things is like what what are the what are the benefits of it? Um, and there, there's a lot of um, there, there's some certain benefits and there's some sort of unknown benefits. So um, where, who's using ketones, I think is the, is, is another important question. Ooh, like right now, yeah. um, the, the biggest areas where I see, where I hear about it and, and, and people are talking, um, number one is people trying to lose weight, right? Um, so if you're on a ketogenic diet, oftentimes, especially if your metabolism is screwed up and you've been carb dependent, um, oftentimes switching to a ketogenic diet will help, uh, really kickstart weight loss. Okay. But it has to be, you know, again, it has to be, if it's going to be real weight loss and sustained weight loss, it has to be a lifestyle, like you mentioned earlier. Thank you. Yes. I'm um, always trying to get people off of the diet word, even though that's the viral yeah. marketing term right now, right? Paleo diet, primal diet, keto diet, NSNG diet. I'm like, guys, the psychology behind diet, in my experience, because I've studied marketing and psychology versus you with oncology, is that, guys, diet has gotten branded into what people don't realize are short-term mindset short -term right yeah. you want the lifestyle piece what can i sustain that's why i'm actually enjoying even more enjoying this talk today because i think it's exciting to go in and out of ketosis right the keto lifestyle i do it right the but without me doing the testing i'm definitely not in as much as i am it's not a bad thing i'm healthy i'm fit i'm 40 i'm doing spartan races i just did a two-day crossfit competition a few weeks ago like it's not like i'm not fit <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I think you, you hit the you hit the nail on the head is is um, you can follow a ketogenic lifestyle and maybe not necessarily be in ketosis. Um, and, and you may derive many of the benefits. Uh, and that's why I said I'm not a huge proponent. I think that um, I think that you don't have to go all the way. You could eat a, what's called a kind of a modified ketogenic diet hmm. and, and gain um, at least the weight loss and energy level and the mental clarity and all the other issues we've talked about. Um, but what do, you, what do you say to people that let's say have been doing it? And obviously, uh, I think this all goes back to, 
yeah, well, let's go ahead and tie right back to cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Cancer is a very, <laughs> I don't know, you're going to have to ring on this one. It's not easy. I don't know how else better to say it. People are in a very restricted lifestyle when they're going through severe cases of, uh, of cancer. And I see people eating the crap that the hospitals feed. And maybe your facility is different, so I don't want to generalize. But <laughs> It's not. Dear Lord. I was like, I thought you're supposed to be saving lives here. And, oh, here's your jello today. I'm like, uh, again, I don't know where the studies are at about, about cancer feeding on sugar and all that stuff. But I was like, uh, I just know that sugar in general is not that good. And that's completely manufactured crap. So you might want to be feeding these people fresh vegetables, meats, proteins, fats, etc., uh, how do you get in? Yeah, that? but you know, if you if you feed somebody in the hospital fat, you might give them a heart attack. Scott. Right, right. Well, well, what the heck's <laughs> up with that? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do, oh yeah, yeah do you guys so. get into like fights in the locker rooms at all? Like over oh, there, like man. heart I, doctors just, and knock oncologists. Honestly, we just I've just sort of moved beyond it. Um, but um, they you put know, you in your own like, wing. <laughs> you 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 really can't even have that kind of conversation with most of the cardiology or primary care folks because they they're very. Um, kind of set in their ways, you know, when it comes to that stuff. So. Well, now, earlier in the episode, you hinted at it, too. Let's be real. Let's be fair. Let's say doctors in general in all niches might be a little archaic or out of touch. Because to your point, you guys go through so much education. Then you get into the real world. You're practicing, and your continuing ed is what? Coming from pharmaceutical sales reps? Well, not necessarily, but it's all um, – there, there's very little um, – there's a lot of inertia in medical education. So once once a concept is sort of accepted as standard of care or the theory, the accepted theory, it, it's sort of so deeply entrenched that, um, you know, the, the institutional memory, everybody says, oh, well, that's the way it was when I learned it. And, you know, oh, if you're saying something different, it, it must be some quackery, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there, there's very little uh, impetus to change, especially radically change uh, a viewpoint in medicine. Well, Here's the funny thing. As far as studying ketosis, doesn't this actually go far, pretty far back? Wasn't this actually a way, yeah. of, a way of yeah, practice absolutely. many decades ago in the medical field? So, um, well, even if, even if you want to go back much more than many decades, but even a millennia or two, um, you know, there's, there's reports of you know, the ancient Greeks. Um, they didn't know about ketosis, obviously, but they did know about it um, sort of in, in a um, happenstance way. When somebody, you know, it's written about, uh, was having spells or seizures, um, what they didn't exactly know what to call it, they would put these people, they would basically just lock them away with no food for days on end. And they would find out that, you know, the, the spirit or whatever you want to call it would leave the person. And what was really happening is that person was going into a state of fasted ketosis, and that was helping them come out of their epileptic seizure. Wow. Um, so that was thousands of years ago. Now, fast forward, um, in the 1920s, um, there was a doctor at the Mayo Clinic. I think his name was Dr. Wilder. And he actually, he's the one who coined the term the ketogenic diet and found out that by putting patients into a medically and dietarily induced state of ketosis, that their, their seizures would go away. And this was the preferred treatment for epilepsy in, in you know, the early part of the 20th century. So I was hoping you'd now, come to this point. Do you yeah. want to know the famous foundation that reinforces everything that you just talked about? I think I've heard of this. This is about a, a child, uh-huh. na- child's name. Movie director's uh, son. Right. Famous guy with a lot of money. Who is it? The name of the foundation? 
Yeah. The Charlie Foundation. Charlie, that's it. The Charlie for Foundation. For ketogenic therapies. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. real quick, you know what? Because I want to plug these guys. They've yeah. been doing amazing work. There we go. The Charlie Foundation for Ketogenic Therapies. And the quick backstory was, I forget, I'm actually blanking on the movie directors or some very, very well-off uh, guy. Because yes. I mean, actually, he's, yeah. been on, he's been on Vinny's podcast, The Fitness Confidential. But in 1993, a uh, quick story was Charlie Abrams. That's right, the famous Abrams. There you go. Uh, director's name is Abrams. So long story short, they were ready to cut into this kid's head and take a piece of his brain out because of his epileptic seizures had gotten so severe like they, the the sequence was speeding up. They were happening over and over and over again, and the parents had, didn't, there were, nobody had an answer. And mm-hmm. then the one day, his dad walked into like the library or whatever at the hospital, and then sees a book about this old therapy, and he's like, "Why haven't we tried this yet?" He's like, "Well, this work." And the doctor's like, "Well, you know, maybe, but yeah, we don't support that anymore. We're gonna do it this way." He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! You want to cut into my kid's head instead of try something with a dietary practice first? That's how crazy this is, right? It really is. Um, yeah, it really is. And, it, you know, it's great. I'm glad you, you, you tied this in because I have heard of, of the Charlie Foundation, and um, I know they do great work. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm glad that we, uh, we brought that up. I'm excited but, that we were able to tie this together because I'm sure yeah. you, can, you can use this for what you, everything else you're doing too. And this I'll, is a great resource um, yeah. for patients and listeners. But, um, you know, so again, that, tying back in, that, that was the foundation of the ketogenic diet. No, no doubt about it. It was invented um, or at least discovered or, or developed for uh, childhood epilepsy. And it works very well. And as you mentioned, it's kind of come back into vogue um, in, the, in, you know, in the last, uh, since I think I said since 1993. And now at, at places like Johns Hopkins, it's, it's a, um, you know, they're studying it constantly. And um, we know that there are other benefits of the ketogenic diet. And one of those areas, at least that we'd like to probably spend a little time talking about would be, does it, does it help potentially in cancer? Oh yeah. Let's, let's tie this in. Let's dive, let's dive into that. So um, <laughs> I think we need to back up. And again, it, it's, it's tough to talk about this. Uh, you know, again, I have a background and, you know, bio, we have biochemistry. Keep, keep it legal. Keep your, keep your career safe. <laughs> physiology and all this. No, but I, I'm trying to talk, you know, when you, when you get down into the nitty gritty of cellular metabolism, um, there are some terms that I'll need to throw out there. But basically, uh, our cells produce energy in um, one of two main pathways. It's it's either aerobic or anaerobic. Okay, I'm up on that. You know, and so most people have heard those terminologies. And, um, but what is aerobic metabolism? Well, it means it's in the presence of oxygen. And this is the normal way that a cell makes energy. And the cellular energy is called ATP. That's kind of like the cellular currency of energy. Okay. And when a normal cell is what we call respiring, um, the cell uses the organelle, which is a, a little subparticle of the cell called the mitochondria. And the mitochondria goes through this process of cellular respiration, also known as oxidative phosphorylation, and it produces a whole bunch of ATP and like 30 some molecules of ATP. That is the preferred and normal way that a cell makes energy. Um, so ultimately when you eat food of any kind, that's what happens. Okay. Your wow. cell uses it to make energy. Well, admittedly, we've, we've discussed, uh, the power of mitochondria with multiple experts on this show, mm-hmm. including the famous Dr. Jack Cruz with a K, uh, mm-hmm. great by the way, if you ever want to, if you ever literally want to run out of a 
unlimited resource of information, go to his site, jackcruzkruse.com. The guy's a neurologist expert in mitochondria. And I mean, some, some of his stuff seems kind of wackadoo. But then again, once you do the research, it's like, oh, maybe it's not wackadoo. It's just nobody understands it <laughs> yet. But his whole point is the, the health of the mitochondria is crucial. It's the power plant of the cell. That's what I'm hearing yeah, from you. And, and certainly it is. In, in a normal cell, it is, it is the power plant of the cell. Hmm. Um, but I mentioned, you know, again, there are two primary pathways. Well, um, if you didn't have any oxygen available, the cell would use this other process, anaerobic metabolism, also called fermentation. And so what it actually does is it, it truly ferments glucose um, and to make energy. And it only makes two ATP molecules when it, when it goes through the fermentation pathway. I think I have that number right. It's, it's, two, uh, it's a very low number of ATP. That so I have very, heard before. That's, I yeah. think that's the big argument behind the whole keto thing. It's like, guys, right. like, do you want to make two or do you want to make 30? Whatever. Right. And, and um, well, really what it comes down to, again, when we're tying this into cancer, there, there's a very unique thing about cancer cells. And they, this is almost all cancer cells. It's not 100%, but it's not all cancer types, but almost all cancers have a very unique property, which is that they will, even in the presence of oxygen, will, will use the fermentation pathway. So in other words, they're only going to be using cancer cells will ferment glucose and only take the two ATP that they get that way. And this is called the Warburg effect. And so um, Otto Warburg was a gentleman who discovered this phenomenon, like I think it was in the 1930s. Wow. Um, and this is really a hallmark of cancer metabolism. And it really is the underpinning for, you said it earlier, you know, I, I, you, you said, I'm not an expert, but you know, isn't sugar bad for cancer? And the answer to that categorically is yes, because you know, if you've ever, um, here we go. He's pulling up some real. Um, <laughs> this is why I use Zoom, go. dude. I got screen sharing. It's the paradox of cancer's Warburg effect. We've got a graphic. Again, ladies Great. and gentlemen, if Excellent. you are audio listeners, you're going to want to go back to livingfield.com and click on the YouTube link. I'm sharing all this stuff. This is awesome. Yeah, this, this is great. And so, as you mentioned, as it says here um, on, the, on the left, the differentiated tissue. Uh, this is a great graphic. It shows, it was, I said 30, but it's 36 molecules of ATP that you get. And that little red circular shaped thing is a mitochondria. And so it requires glucose and oxygen, and it makes all this energy. Um, a cancer cell, on the other hand, even in the presence of oxygen, it, it's, it's obligate use of glucose is through this pathway, the Warburg effect. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Otto Warburg discovered this, you know, gosh, I think I'm just going to throw out there with somewhere in maybe the 1930s, but it, it really kind of has been relegated to sort of a trivia in oncology. I remember learning this, but it never, it was really never focused on. And it's almost shocking because when you look at how simple it is, it looks so simple. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, well, shapes I mean, and colors and stuff, but it's like, you got two paths or one path. I mean, and if you really boil it down, the important thing is cancer cells only use glucose and they don't use the mitochondria. As it says here, maybe 5% is going into the mitochondria for energy. Wow. And the rest is going through this fermentation pathway. And, the, and it's sort of Which like- Which is the lactate. Right. And why, you know, why? Why is, why is a cancer cell doing that? And there, there are a couple of theories. One, um, which has been uh, propagated by this, this guy, Dr. Thomas Siegfried, or Siegfried, um, at Boston College. He's a PhD researcher, and he's written a book called The Metabolic Theory of Cancer. Um, his whole theory is that it's actually cancer is a disease of the mitochondria, and that all the DNA damage and so forth that we see 
in cancers is actually a side effect of a damaged mitochondria. Hmm. Um, now, I'll, I'll caution this by saying this is all theoretical, and I don't necessarily believe that, but it, it's but a... But doesn't um, everything start theoretical? Yeah, it's an interesting theory, and I think it rather than saying that it's the be-all and end-all theory, I think that it um, certainly deserves a little attention. Um, yeah, there's the book. his book, Yeah, Cancer as a Metabolic Disease. Um, and, and for your listeners who are interested, that's a textbook. And, you know, it's, it's very what do you mean, what do you mean a I've not read like it's it like myself. It's huge? Um, <laughs> it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a <laughs> heavy it's read. Real, real, uh, big, big textbook. <laughs> um, there's another book out there um, by Travis Christofferson, and it's called Tripping Over the Truth. And it's basically a written for, for written for the layperson um, huh. that goes into that. If you're interested in the metabolic theory of cancer, yeah. Well, see, I mean, if any of these guys have reproduced this stuff into audiobooks, I would be able to crush it so much faster. Uh, again, I'm, I al I'm always promoting that. But, uh, audio here, um, tripping over the truth. Oh, well, I think I found the regular book, but here we go. I'll share that as well for the watchers on YouTube. Yeah, the metabolic theory of cancer, Travis Christofferson. So, so I, I did read I did read that one recently. Um, it's again, it's it's an interesting book. Um, it, you know, it, I think the conclusions of it um, maybe go a little far. Uh, it's a little bit one sided, but to me, it was a little bit eye opening um, to, to know that there is this metabolic theory of cancer and that it may not be so cut and dried. Hmm. Um, but really, you know, just to back up and you know. Um, think again about the pathway that cancer cells use for metabolism. They're using glucose and they're going through this fermentation pathway. So one thing, one strategy that, you know, doesn't take a lot of mental power to come up with is, well, if cancer cells only use glucose, um, why, you know, perhaps we could starve our cells of glucose and maybe that would be a better way to treat cancer. Right, And so that really was the impetus for people investigating uh, a ketogenic diet because it's going to, you know, when you eat five to zero to 5% carbohydrate, um, there's pretty much no glucose left for your, your, your cancer cells to use. Um, and so it basically starves them of their fuel source. But, you know, it's interesting because remember your normal body, it, it of course likes to use glucose, but as you and I both know, um, and I'm, currently in ketosis. So I, I know I'm functioning perfectly normal. You're going to make me buy this meter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's because, you know, my body, my muscle, my brain, it could perfectly happy using ketone bodies for fuel. But if I had cancer cells in my body, those would not be capable of using ketone bodies, uh, to, to grow and prolif proliferate. Hmm. So that, that's really the nexus. That's really the nut of this theory is that, um, you know, by, by eliminating or highly reducing um, the availability of glucose, you're basically starving the cancer. And you can actually not just starve the cancer, but really thrive in a, in a ketogenic uh, state. And so that, I think that's, that's really the important thing to know. Well, I mean, actually, I got another graphic here. I'm not sure. I think the first one nailed it. But just to add another vision back in for the video watchers, is this a, is this a decent representation as well? Uh, this is the first time I'm seeing this graphic. Right? So, um, like, what is this? Yeah. Wow. You know, now I feel like I'm back in like biochem, like 101. I know they got that right because now they're, they're referring to <laughs> biomass plus lactate versus biomass plus ethanol, organic acids down here at the bottom. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's you're getting a little too deep here, All man. Right. We're, we're, tie <laughs> we're tying in the sugars. Okay. Let me let me let me let me remove that real quick though. On a side note, um, since you were digging into books, 
did you listen to, uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, Tripping Over the Truth, I'm going to have this stuff linked in the show notes on the website, because um, I've actually launched an Amazon influencer page, so all of the banners on my website, the Amazon link to my influencer page, so all books are now being added and linked in there. So anyway, I did confirm Tripping Over the Truth is available as an audiobook on yes, Audible. Yes, and that's, so, that's how I uh, consumed that yeah, book. <laughs> so I will be adding that to my virtual library because I've got a two-hour drive tomorrow. And it, it is a, It's a great book. I, in fact, I think the first half of the book is a phenomenal uh, background on the history of cancer. And, and really, it's, it's a very well-written book. I think that um, the author, um, you know, he, he's, of course, is, you know, making the point about the metabolic theory of cancer and he's he kind of quickly goes from introducing the theory to acting like it's the only possible theory and that was my that was my problem with you it gotta, yeah you got to be careful with that i mean it's you take stuff to the extreme and that's how you start pushing people away you got right. you got to let us come to our own conclusions i mm-hmm. mean mm-hmm. I, I take a hard stance on some things but in the end i'm not gonna i'm like listen you do what you want to do it's your life uh these are my beliefs you do what you got to do that's why we really try not to talk about anything political or religious on this show, yeah. uh, because it's just too messy. Um, yeah. And I don't thank, want thank I don't want the that. message to get lost, right? Yeah. Uh, real quick though, did you listen to episode one sixty eight on my show with Dr. Nasha Winters? I did. Mm-hmm. Our body's wildfire and cancer. Her book is uh, was great. The metabolic approach to cancer. Right, so, and in fact, I remember I listened to that podcast like right after i had listened to um, yeah here's travis's book. book and i thought boy these are <laughs> these are pretty similar yeah but i have not i have not read uh nasha winter's book though well i've got it I, I still i still have to consume it so it's like, that's a problem with this like all of a sudden like, all these you keep finding about all this great nuggets and knowledge and then it's just making the time to consume so that's why i tell people like guys if you want me to get your book done please release it on audio <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I, I do want to, you know, stop there and just make a quick point again. I, you know, I'm an oncologist, and I think that a lot of this is interesting because it doesn't get a lot of press. Um, although, you know, patients are starting to ask me more about it. You know, you know, what what is this about sugar? And I tell them, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some truth to that. I can't tell you that it's validated in major clinical trials. But again, an illustration for you or for anybody who's listening who may be a cancer patient or who, who has a family member who is. If they've ever had a PET scan done, you know, a PET scan is, is a cancer scan, and it's where we inject a patient first with radioactive glucose, um, and it is, it is radio-labeled glucose, and we lay the patient under a, what's called a gamma camera, and we take a look at their entire body, and wherever the cancer is, lights up. Well, guess what that is? It is where the body, it's, it's where in the body is concentrating that radioactive glucose because cancer cells are avidly taking up glucose. Interesting. When you, say, when you, when you look at a PET scan and there's a, a lesion that's hot, you know, we call it hot, it's red hot on the scan. That means, all that means is it's taking up glucose quickly. And um, every doctor knows that. It's sort of funny how there's this disconnect, right? Like every, every oncologist, nobody would doubt that. Everybody says, oh yeah, the cancer cells are taking up the, the radioactive sugar. Well, maybe okay. a next logical step would be to say, maybe we should reduce the amount of regular sugar we're feeding ourselves uh, if you have cancer. Because maybe, just maybe, um, the cancer cells take up non-radioactive sugar too. Hmm. Uh, and we know, and I'm just joking, because we know they do. Um, but it's sort of funny how this, it's right under our nose and we um, just sort of ignore it, you know, as cancer doctors. But I do want to say this, again, I was getting to this a minute ago. Um, as exciting as this is, I, I, I want to be very clear. It's an adjunct to 
to therapy. This is in no way, I, I don't believe it is even in my wildest dreams that, that we're going to be able to cure cancer by fasting exclusively, that you're not going to be able to cure cancer by, um, by being ketogenic. Okay. Um, I think that um, in rats, we have shown, you know, there has been some remissions induced with, um, with ketosis and things like that. But in a human, um, it's, it's, it's reckless, it's crazy to, to assume that that's the case. But I think as an adjunct to treatment, these have a, a, a lot of promise. Um, and, you know, one of the other areas that, that has been studied and published on is actually with intermittent fasting um, and ketosis in the, um, in the period just prior to chemotherapy. And sort of the way to think about it, what it does is it basically starves the cancer cells of sugar. And then when you hit them with the chemotherapy, the cancer cells are more vulnerable and they die quicker. Right. And then at the same time, the, the normal tissue cells, because remember, chemotherapy is almost an indiscriminate poison, right? Oh, yeah. Even Vinny, well, when he survived his cancer, it's like he still had to go through that, whether you like it or yeah, not. Didn't matter absolutely. How, didn't matter how much he started getting into that lifestyle in the very beginning. It's like he still had to go through it. So. Yeah, but, but fasting for a day or two um, uh, you know, during or prior chemotherapy has been shown in some of these published studies to not only sensitize the cancer, but to actually protect the normal tissue. So these people, um, you know, I read one, one anecdote was a woman with breast cancer and she fasted, uh, you know, the day before her chemotherapy. And, um, you know, after she received that chemotherapy on the day she had been fasting, she had no nausea, no vomiting, no side effects, felt fine. Intriguing. And then, you know, uh, the next time she got chemo, a couple of weeks later, she didn't fast and it made her very sick. So that's just an anecdote. I mean, it's not a, you know, but it's, it's, it's one of those N1 experiments, right? Yeah. Yeah. And those are the kind of things we hear, uh, you know, in the published data, does sort of support that. Um, there's a group at, I think it's at USC in, in Southern California, uh, Walter Longo and his group is studying this. So, it, you know, it's something to keep our eye on. And, um, you know, I, I, but I do, I do just want to be clear that uh, again, metabolic treatments, fasting, ketosis, these are adjuncts to, um, to therapy. I don't think they're a standalone. So is this Walter Longo? Like, is that like a well-known cancer foundation organization or, um, he's a, he's a researcher, um, in, in, um, in Southern California. And, um, I've, I've listened to several podcasts by the guy. He's, um, I guess he has a foundation too. Um, <laughs> I find it all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, amazing graphics on the website, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to watch this YouTube video because it's like, this Pretty is really cool. cool stuff. Um, I don't know what I'm looking at, but <laughs> I think that's a mock-up of what a cancer cell might look like oh. under an, an oh, electron like con conceptually. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty powerful. But I mean, I, interesting tag he has on here. One second. A short-term fast appears to counteract increases in blood sugar caused by common cancer drugs, protecting healthy cells in mice from becoming too vulnerable to chemotherapy, according to a new study. Yeah, so I mean, kind of like what I was just saying, the, his study, I think the best way to think about it is it really, it really demonstrated the best of both worlds. It protected normal tissue against the dangers of chemotherapy, and it sensitized the cancer to the chemotherapy. So that's kind of like the, that's, that's optimal. Um, and so again, it's, it's early. Um, a lot of these studies are still being done in rodents. So they are also being done in humans. Um, so we have a lot to learn. We have a lot to learn, but it I think there's like a lot it. of promise. Wow. Um, I mean, we're coming up on our hour. I'm not sure if we can, if our listeners can handle any more knowledge bombs. I mean, <laughs> where, where are we at, Doc? I mean, 
we've covered a lot here today. I mean, I've, I've been writing stuff on the boards. You went from cancer and keto to understand the difference between ketosis and ketoacidosis to going over the ketones of beta-hydroxybutyrate to aka BHB, acetone to acetate, uh, and then obviously we got the little plug of Charlie Foundation and the Walter Longo. We brought up a bunch of books. Um, well, real quick, what was that formula again on the fat versus protein? I missed those numbers. So again, I I don't think there is a you know hard and fast. I think everybody is yeah, like is a rough idea. But but you know you're going to have to get sorry about that. You're going to have to get close to eighty to ninety percent of calories from fat. Wow. Yeah, ten to fifteen percent from protein. That's crazy. That's, and, that's a big some, that's a big difference. Yeah, and some people will be able to achieve nutritional ketosis with a little less fat, a little more protein, and you know everybody's different, but that's a that's a ballpark number. Yeah, that's a, that's an estimate, and then obviously using tools like you suggested today, uh, I'm going to try and get those linked into the blog post as well too, so you guys can score some of those on Amazon because at this point. I'm probably going to order one so I can play with it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, I think you should. Um, but, again, one, I guess one last thing I wanted to talk about would be, um, you know, something that Thomas uh, Seafried talks about in his textbook, and I've listened to several podcasts with him as well. Um, there really is a trove of information out there in the podcast world. Um, you know, the, the, uh, let me drop a couple more names for the listeners. The, the biggest one, I mean, the biggest advocate and um, – source of knowledge, my knowledge on the ketogenic diet, ketosis, would come from a guy named Dom D'Agostino. Oh, yeah, Dom. Everybody talks yeah. about Dom. Yeah. I want to get him the, on the show, man. He's, he's like the godfather. Um, and so he, he's had a, several – I first heard of him on the Tim Ferriss podcast, but he, he's, he's pretty much made the rounds with all the major um, health podcasts. Oh, yeah, so he's, he's been on Vinny's show. Vinny – I think he's been on Vinny's show a couple of times, actually, on Fitness Confidential. So – yeah, yeah, trust so. me, because I'm a viral follower of Vinny. So, uh, yeah. And I had, I mean, he's probably next to people like, uh, by the way, that graphic, I got that graphic that I was showing earlier off of the, the article was linked to, was actually on Medium, and it was mm -hmm. actually from Dr. Jason Fung's write up. Yeah, and he's and, the fasting guru. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I hear a lot about the whole crossover between Jason Fung and Dom Diagostino, and then obviously all these other guys you're bringing up. Right. Yeah. Well, so the, and that's interesting. We mentioned those two people. They're both kind of the predominant people in their re respective um, uh, sort of theories. But, you know, again, the two fastest ways to get into ketosis is to either fast or to eat the ketogenic diet. And um, those two guys, if you if you listen to any interviews with them, they could they could give you the high points. But, um, you know, one other interesting thing I'll leave you with is, uh, is something we had read about, and it's the potential of a um, of a prolonged fast, you know, anywhere between three to five days, um, Ooh, water not, only. I've not done beyond 48. Yeah. And it's very challenging. Um, and sort of, sort of, uh, this is something that Thomas, uh, Siegfried, Dr. Siegfried talks about. And, um, what it allows you to do is to get your, um, what, what he has developed is this, this biomarker called the glucose ketone index. Hmm. And if, if you're, if you're in a prolonged state of fasting, um, I think it, would be difficult to achieve this without, without fasting. I don't think a ketogenic diet could achieve this. But what you have to do is get your glucose level very low, um, probably around 60, and your that ketone. I yeah, I mean, um, and, and at simultaneously have your ketone level um, up about, uh, around three to four millimolars. 
And so, um, you know, that will yield a glucose ketone index of approximately one. And that's, that's basically, um, that he, he has studied this in, in you know, uh, laboratory setting, rodent models and things like that. And in his research, that is the optimal range um, with which to in, uh, stimulate the, cell, the process of cellular autophagy, which is, you know, self-cleansing, in other words. And so that has big implications for, um, for cancer. Hmm. Because you, you and I talked last time, and I remember you said it, and I've heard it said before, and I, and I believe it to be true, is that, you know, cancer is, is, is a natural process. And it probably occurs in all of us every day, in a way. And all it means is there's one cell that went awry in our body, our immune system, has found a way to, you know, has sought it out and cleaned it up. And so that, that, is, that is autophagy, when your body you know, eats itself, when it takes care of the bad, um, apoptosis or autophagy is that normal process of cleansing what's not good. And, oh, yeah, the human body's a powerful machine when it's been taken care of. Absolutely. And so um, anyhow, Dr. Siegfried talks about how um, you know, when, when you, you can stimulate autophagy by fasting, particularly when the glucose ketone index gets very, um, very low, down to one. Um, so that, that's something that it, it, to me is intriguing. Um, very intriguing. Yeah. So and have it, you done this now? Have you, have you and we have, three to four we have. days? I, I've done, I've, that's the longest I've made it. Um, I've done, I've done it. <laughs> I like a, how you say made it. Like, yeah, <laughs> we just made it. We just pulled it out. <laughs> well, uh, I'll probably be doing a post on it at some point. Um, but it's, uh, it, you know, it's again, I'll, I'll caution that it's not for beginners. Um, you have to be fat adapted, um, but once you are, quite honestly, once you get past, like the, you mentioned, you've done 48, once, that's the hard part. Um, once you get past 48 hours, it's really, yeah. it's easy after that. I even got my uh, parents to do it, and that was a few years ago. But, wow. And they were, wow. well, they were, they were in, well, they were 60s, and they followed my protocol. Now, granted, it was a supported fast, so you're still taking in essential vitamins, nutrients, et cetera, but you're not consuming Fats, proteins, no, no meals. Like you, mm-hmm. you're just taking this this uh, nutritional vitamin support system. That's it, uh, and uh, lots of hydration. So you're basically just peeing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole point is your body's attacking its own fat. It's purging those stored toxins out of the system. All the rest of your organs are kind of on on a hiatus, and you're just focusing on hey, I'm deto- I'm my body's natural ability to detox. It's like oh good, this is the only thing I got to focus on for the next day or two, right? Yep. Um, yep. And a lot of people are like, I could never do that. I'm like, it's two days of your life. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll make it. Yeah. So it is challenging. But um, anyhow, so that's, uh, that's I guess, we, we did cover a lot. I mean. Um, as, as I figured we would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I, I'm a sounding board, so you're, you're never going to have a problem with me. And uh, the listeners, this, is, this has got to be actually one of my more techie. Or so, actually, no, I won't say it because I did just air this today. My 23andMe health data genetic analysis with Dr. Anthony J, who's a geneticist with the Mayo Clinic right now. So, you might enjoy that one. So, yeah, I, it's on my uh, on my queue. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love this. See, people are like, why do you have a podcast show? I'm like, well, I, admittedly, I think there's a little bit there just for me uh, because I get to geek out and I get to learn with you guys, but my listeners get to learn along with us. And if we get through just one or two people every single episode, we win. That's all I care about. I, I just want to get people to get outside their comfort zone and consider what if, right? Absolutely. 
And so, so um, and, and, and I guess if one of those people might even be you. So what I'm going to do right now on your YouTube feed is I'm going to check my ketones. Um, so I've got my little ketone meter. And so maybe, Let's you know, maybe, maybe you'll get one. So I mean, I, I got this little thing here. It's like a little stylet. Okay. And I'm just going to press it here and it's going to just so poke that, my finger. All right. That's the little yeah, needle nail thing. Little, just yep. a little drop of blood going now. Um, and so I just loaded up my, uh, my strip. And it says ketone. Okay. See it. Okay. So it's. And we just kind of put that drop of blood on there. You know. Now those have to be replaced, though, right? Those are single-use oh, yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Those are single-use strips, and I got to tell you, that's the only downside about them is they're expensive. Yeah. I figured. Um, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it's one little drop of blood. All right. So mine's reading out. Well, diabetics have to deal with this all the time. Yeah. So there's mine. Um, 1.0. One, look at that. 1.0. But you're that's not in like a three-day fast right now. So um, I'm at about 24 hours. Okay. You know, I, I ate dinner last night. So. Okay. So actually, yeah. and that's my tip too. I tell people the best way to go about doing your first fast is when you first wake up. Like, and to your point, you can have a shot of olive oil if you wanted to, and it's not going to like throw you off too bad. But the point is, is like, I don't even do that. If I'm on a full, like 24 to 48 hour mission, like it's it's on, baby. Like I I wake up. I'll have a coffee. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. I have my water and everything else, but I'm not consuming. And it's a lot easier when you first wake up. And in the beginning, if it's your first time, maybe your second time, yeah, because it's new. Everything new is a struggle. But then you, you teach and you learn the process. And that's like, now I could turn that on whenever I want. I just did it like three weeks ago. It's like, yep, I'm going for a two-dayer. It was like, actually, I was looking to do – I wanted to get like a really strong detox cycle. And then I finished it two days – before going to Philadelphia to compete in that two-day CrossFit competition. Oh, wow. Yeah. So people are like, wait a minute. You did a fast for before you went and competed? I was like, yeah, my energy went through the freaking roof. I mean, now granted, my team only came in fifth. Uh, my fiance's team beat us. They got third. Uh, she, <laughs> she's still happy to rub that in. Um, Good but, for her. But, <laughs> but the point is, it's like, look, I'm still doing fasting and helping my body with its detoxification. And people are like, well, well, then, if you've been doing this since 2010, why do you have to start to do it? And I'm like, uh, because we're in an unhealthy planet and you have Constantly dirty water, fast. dirty air. I'm not always drinking out of my metal bottles. I'm trying to, but sometimes I'm at a conference and I ran out of water and they're only selling it in plastic bottles. Uh, that's, how, that's how you're going to love Dr. Anthony J. He's, his book is called Estrogeneration. So he studies all about the estrogenetics and all that stuff. So Yes, yes. Um, that's what I'm saying. You're going you're gonna to like him. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, the the point is, it's like get outside of your comfort zone and actually try some of these. What sound to be crazy, but like what my thing? What if? What if? What if that's the thing that finally cracks the nut for you? So that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so you literally scanned a 1.0. Challenge the gauntlet is laid. I am ordering some toys. <laughs> um, get it on in. This is happening. All right. So what do I got to order? <laughs> <laughs> is this in your blog article actually you gotta just click all the on those do you have links in your blog article or um no? i think by the time uh by the time this post this uh this um recording goes live i'll probably will but as of right now i don't have a post up about ketones but no but uh, you have no your but, precision extra meters link there yeah yeah that's true i did link it yep. in there yep, okay that's the one 
That's the one. Yeah, there's a couple different packages. I found one that's a little bit bigger that has all kinds of all the, all the extra accessories so, and stuff with yeah, it. Yeah, again, if anybody's interested in this, um, you know, you can buy the Precision Extra on Amazon. The strips you can buy on Amazon as well. Um, I think they currently retail on Amazon for like it, it's going to be you know one to two three dollars per strip. There we go. First time I bought them, they were like three dollars a strip. I mean, it was Whoa. crazy. Yeah. So like, okay, here's the one that's linked from your blog article. Again, ladies and gentlemen, it's ourhealthhabit.com. I'm going to embed the actual blog article again in this podcast show notes. It was embedded in the last one too. It's important for you to find this stuff, but he's already gone ahead and done the navigation for you. It takes you right to the precision extra little tip. This one's only 38 bucks. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's the amazing, you well, know how it is. Strips like, not included. Strips not yeah, included. Right. And so, um, yeah, now strips here, not included. And there you, there you see it. You want to get the ones that are not in a box. They're like, uh, oh, okay. The, I'm zooming sheet. in on that. Yeah. Yeah. That like sheet of them right there. And you can get that for decently cheap. All right. So let me, let me, um, look. I, I found one that's like a big package. So this is not one I should get or wait, hold on. Whoa. I zoomed in too much. Hello. We just, we just buy the, the, the unboxed strips. Um, this looks like some kind of, okay. I don't know what this is. This is somebody's like, I, I clicked on somebody's blog article. I'm going to go back. Yeah. I don't need that crap. Um, no, I like this here. Uh, Click on that purple one there. Yeah. That's the, that's the one that's, you guys are buying. I think so. What was the other one next to it? That looks like a, just a bigger pack, like a hundred of them or okay. something. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, I'm not, I'm all about experimentation, but, but seriously, yeah. <laughs> Start start with a thirty pack. You you'll be all right. Yeah, this is this is pretty hardcore. Uh, but again, you're so you're gonna use one every single time. And how often are you doing it? Are you? I mean, you uh, and so that's the thing is, I mean, again, it's cost prohibitive. Like you're not gonna be checking it all the time. No. Um, they have they have gone way down in price. So here you're getting thirty for thirty five dollars. So they're about a dollar each compared um, to when you first started, which was three I'm, times. I'm not that. kidding. I'm not kidding. Like this was just a year ago. Wow. We bought we bought ten of them for thirty five dollars. So marketing chip. You just gave us a marketing comparison from one year ago. So what do you think? People are learning about this stuff Absolutely. and they're doing it more. That's yeah. how costs Supply go demand. down. Yeah. Demand Supply. goes up. They can start mass producing. The pricing gets better. No doubt. Hopefully for a good reason. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope more people are trying to do this because they are trying to get healthy. So, uh, but then again, there's so many other reasons why people do some things. <laughs> <laughs> So cool. All right. And then what was that poker thing? <laughs> oh, oh, the, uh, when you, I think when you buy the, um, the meter, it'll, yeah. it'll come, it'll come oh, with that. Okay. I'll double check that. Yeah. So, but what, it's for, called, what's that called? It's anyway? called a, it's called a Lancet. A Lancet. A Lancet. Like, yeah. But obviously we're not lancing our skin. It's a Lancet. It's uh, well, you are lancing your skin, but with a, it's a tiny. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about a lancet, like lancing your yeah. skin with like a laser. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the tip of this thing. I mean, I don't know. A little if needle, can, yeah, I see it. It's tiny, you know. So it's is that L A N C E T? Yep. Okay, I'm doing pretty good. With my spelling tonight. All right, you are. I'm, I'm gonna stroke my. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. There we go. All right. <laughs> So, all right, uh, let's shut this puppy down. This has been a powerful episode. We've dumped a lot of nuggets of knowledge tonight. I have so much stuff to stick in the show notes. i got to get an intern. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> the, the passion is, is exuding my, 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 peck and my capacity. Uh, Brendan, just like last time, I always want to honor my co-host, let you guys shut this episode down. All-encompassing, there's just so much you shared back on episode 173. I don't even know what number this one's going to be yet. Um, I have a lot of stuff to put in the show notes. 
how do you want to sum all this up? What is that? What is an all encompassing message that's just going to really help somebody who's hung out this long in the episode and is like, Oh my God, where do I start? There's so many books. There's so much stuff. What's up? Like, how do you want to sum this episode up? Well, um, if you've, if you've heard enough to, to pique your interest, um, there are, like I mentioned a couple of people, I would definitely, before you, you dive into it, listen to, listen to something by Dom D'Agostino. Oh, yeah. um, I, I would either recommend the, the one from the Tim Ferriss show, or um, there's another excellent podcast called Nourish, Balance, Thrive. And they had him on there as well. Um, so listen to something by him, learn a little bit more about it, learn what goes into it. Um, and find out why you might want to do it. Uh, again, as an N equals one guy, I think a good enough reason is because you want to try it. Um, and you could do it and find out, gosh, that was miserable. Or gosh, <laughs> I did it and I don't feel any better. Um, uh, you know, and, and you know, but you might be a cancer patient. You might be, you might have a family member who is. You might have somebody, again, another thing we didn't talk about um, is the other potential uh, use for ketosis is in neurodegenerative conditions. So Alzheimer's is a huge one because um, it's more and more is being learned about Alzheimer's disease and the pathogenesis is, is likely related to, um, uh, you know, altered metabolism in the brain. Mm. So again, a, a metabolic therapy stands to make a lot of sense in that case. So um, do your research. Um, you're probably not going to get a lot of support from this from your family doctor just because mm -hmm. they, as I mentioned earlier, they, they're not going to know about it and or they're going to have a preconceived bias against it. Um, we talked about the potential risks of ketoacidosis are very, very low. Um, the only other sort of thing that bears mentioning that the reason why a lot of people, a lot of doctors would be against it is because if you do eat a ketogenic diet, again, not, fa I mean, fasting isn't going to do anything to raise your cholesterol, but if you eat a ketogenic diet, that's 90% fat, you're going to see your LDL cholesterol number go up. Hmm. That's kind of just a fact. Um, the, uh, the, the importance of that, I think, is um, debatable. Not all LDL is bad. Yeah, exactly. So anyhow, that, I get, guess get, I'll leave it at that. Get a particle test. Yeah, I'll leave it at that, that there's, um, that there's a lot of promise. Um, again, people ask me, you know, are you, are you totally a keto guy? No. Um, I, 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 think, I think ketosis, I look at it through the lens of evolutionary biology. And I think of ketosis is a natural state that we needed to survive. And we can use it in times of scarcity. So I like to do it intermittently, like, you know, once, twice a month, go and spend a day or day to three, four days in ketosis. But I don't live in ketosis. I, I think if I had one of these conditions I mentioned to you, mm -hmm. uh, cancer, Alzheimer's, I, I would I would consider doing it, you know, long term. Oh, yeah. Epilepsy. All that. Yeah, absolutely. All these neurological conditions so that we've seen. Everybody's, everybody's different. Um, but that's, um, that's kind of where I'd like to leave it. I love it. Listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies right. and gentlemen, I'm going to do one last screen share because he did a plug, Dom Diagostino. So his site is ketonutrition.org. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom of his page, if you're looking for some, an expert to follow, his Twitter, his Facebook, his Instagram is linked there. I already follow the guy. He's got a YouTube. I haven't actually checked in on him in a little while, but I know this guy's got a lot of content. Uh, but again, to... To, again, I think the doc has said it all best today. I'm going to go ahead and share one more time. There it is, ourhealthhabit.com. That's how you keep up, keep in touch with Brendan. He's all over the social media too. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show again. But again, ladies and gentlemen, 
just think outside the box. Okay, go back and listen to episode 173 with Brendan. Listen to this one again. Go back multiple times. Definitely check out the YouTube feed because there's a lot of great stuff that we shared on there. Uh, but again, thanks for tuning in to another Live the Fuel podcast show. Uh, we definitely fueled your health and your lifestyle tonight. We'll leave the business to another time. But again, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you too can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, first off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7s resource guide. It's a free offer, and it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brands section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight or improve your athletic performance, or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and Epilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously, as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one -on -one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, uh, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.